welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Uh, looking forward to continuing just in the presence of God right now. I'm going to get quite quickly into the message. I don't have a long list of notices for you this morning, so we're jumping straight into that. And this morning's message is called Love and 4Q. So if you want to write that at the top of your sheet, please do. But let's get straight on with that. This is almost um, a theme, I think, that we'll pick up on a little bit over the next, uh, well, however long the Lord takes us through this, this love and 4Q. But, you know, love is overall, isn't it? Love is so paramount. And I want to reflect on what we're doing right now because you know, what's it, look, what's it looking like as we come out of lockdown and as we uh, move in, into the next phase of what, Lord ha- of what the Lord has for us? Because we're going to have, it's going to be a phase. It's going to be a journey from where we couldn't meet to where we can meet in the full freedom of what we had before. There's going to be a journey in that. But also, we don't want to just fall into something, do we? We want to be really thinking. The four Q stands for four questions. And they're just four questions. I think we, as the body of Christ, and I'm—I I'm, mean, I'm, we as the body of Christ, everybody, but also four cues, four questions for us to be thinking about as the body of Christ here in this town, and then as the body of Christ, Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Because after all, where God has placed us, where God has rooted us, where God has grown us, where God has called us to be right now. That is the place where we have a responsibility to be living out the call of God. This is an exciting time, I promise you. It's, I, I was listening to another speaker this week, and, and he mentioned in it that the Chinese character for crisis, you know how they, the Chinese letters are, are, are characters, they are a large number compared to our English letters. But the English, sorry, the Chinese letter or character for crisis is, two, is made up of two pieces. It's made up of danger, you'd expect that with crisis, and opportunity. And nobody would want what we've gone through. Don't, don't hear the wrong message. I'm not saying, whoopee, we've had COVID-19 and a pandemic and a worldwide lockdown. This is awesome. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is it's exciting what happens next because every crisis represents opportunity if we let it. It's going to open up new doors. It's going to open up new opportunities. The Lord is going to use it to bring his word to the peoples of this earth. We're going to see people saved. And God wants to use this church, Kingdom Faith Yorkshire, here in Scarborough as part of his worldwide plan. And his worldwide plan is not for a lockdown, but for the prison doors to be broken open. And we're part of that freedom. And he's got this bunch of messengers, you know. He's got this bunch of princes and princesses, kings and queens. He's got this royal team who are going to bring his word and his presence into the nations because they're already living in the nations. And that is me and you. Yeah, it's us. It's, 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 I tell you. Be excited for what's next. Don't just be excited because we can, you know, leave the house and, and, and go and do things. You know, the, most, the most you hear about on TV is the excitement, it seems, that people can go to the pub again. I'm, I'm a lot more excited about a lot more things than that, that I can go to the pub. I don't know about you. There's, even now, isn't it good that uh, we can be outdoors 
couple of a couple of days just recently, I seem to spend spend the entire day from almost early morning through to late evening just outdoors. Kate said, "Oh, you, you've got you've caught the sun. You've been out for so long." And, uh, you know, that's great. I'm loving that. But I'm also loving the times when we can get back together in, inside as well. Because I don't know about you, you may have noticed, but the sun doesn't always shine in the United Kingdom. I mean, it does more or less in Scarborough, but obviously not in the whole of the UK. And we're a compassionate bunch, aren't we? A <laughs> couple of weeks ago, in fact, right here where I'm standing, Levi and Juliet uh, got married before God, right here in this place. It was awesome. What a beautiful, what a lovely couple. And there was a verse uh, I, I, we used at the, or verses, I should say, we used at the wedding, and that I spoke from at that wedding. And uh, it's a very highly viewed video on, on Light to North. Um, but uh, not because of my speaking, because of how lovely Levi and Juliet are. Don't get me wrong there. But um, this particular scripture, I haven't been able to get away from it. I've always loved this particular letter. That's the first clue if you haven't seen the wedding. Uh, I've always loved this particular letter, not the letter A or B, you know, the biblical thing here. Um, I've always loved it, and I love it because it's written by John. And John, to me, is fascinating because he seems to have almost a, 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 a I don't know, he knew... They all knew this, but he seemed to know it, know it, know it, know it, that Jesus loved him. And because of that love, it affected so many other things. And these four cues, these four questions, I'm not going to actually spend that much time on them this week. They're going to be there kind of, you know, in the background. But um, everything we're asking right now, there's got, it's underpinned by love. It's connected by love. It's overseen by love because God is love. And I think this is really important. It's not overseen by judgment. It's not God wanting the world on its knees in, in, in wailing and misery. God is calling people into his arms in reconciliation. And us too, because there's a lot of Christians have wondered and have struggled in this time. Well, this morning, I pray that by the grace of God, that his love will come from him through me to you. Because this, I, 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 as, as a human being, I totally fail in the capacity to love as we should. But I know that in Christ, I can love and I can use that strength. And I pray by the grace of God this morning, communicate in these questions, in these passages, exactly that love of God to you. So don't, if you feel discouragement, reject that. that. I'm not talking about discouragement. This is to encourage us into the greater things of God, because that church is what we're moving into right now. Brian last week was uh, re-inviting us to dare to dream again and take hold of those dreams. And there, that's spot on. This is not a time for thinking, oh, don't know what's going to happen next. This is a time for we are going to determine what's next. This is when the church says, this is what is happening now. We don't wait for the world to decide what it's going to look like. We have a message, we have a hope, we have love that can change the world that is emerging from lockdown. But it's not going to be God the Father in heaven. You know that picture of God with a long white beard sort of going, and, 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 and magicking things happen. It's the people of God filled with the presence of God communicating that message of love to the world. Okay? And let's just read what then this man John writes in his first letter. This is in chapter 4 
uh, verse 10 I'm going to start reading from. We're really jumping into the flow of something, but we don't have time to investigate all of this this morning. We could do a whole series on just these verses, let alone this chapter. But bear in mind, this is in the context that John had the, the boldness, the audacity to write in his own gospel when he refers to himself. He doesn't, say, uh, uh, he doesn't call himself John. He refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And you, could, you can take that all kinds of ways. You could say, oh, all right, right proud guy, you know? Right proud guy, what's going on there, you know? <laughs> He's, he, he loved all the disciples. He loved them all the same. Yeah, he did. But John knew Jesus loved him. Can you refer to yourself like that? Paul, the disciple Jesus loves. Alex, the disciple Jesus loves. You know, he's a great guy. I love him too. But imagine how much Jesus loves him. You know, how much does Jesus love him? I wonder if I can have that confidence of identity, that audaciousness in Christ to say, Paul, the one whom Jesus loved. Yeah? Wow. Now, let's have a look at these verses written by this man that knew what it was like to be loved by God. This is what he's writing. You see, he writes, this is true love. Not that we have loved God, but that he has demonstrated his love for us by sending his son to be the sacrifice offered on the cross to bring us back to unity with God through the forgiveness of all our sins. This is love that makes the difference. True love sends. True love goes. True love takes action. There's no such thing as love that's just a gooey feeling, unless it's for chocolate ice cream. But even if you love chocolate ice cream, you want to eat the stuff. You don't want to stare at buckets of it unless you're on a diet, and then that's just torture. We're not talking about that kind of love. This is love in action. This says, I love, so therefore I do. Okay, this is the awesome thing. The team this week have done a fantastic job here of getting this place ready for us to be here, here as a church again. Do you know what that is? That is love. Okay, sometimes people aren't very good at communicating love. I'm not saying this team are. That, 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 don't take that as my meaning, please. Um, but sometimes people aren't good at communicating body language, words, whatever, that they love. Some people demonstrate love by doing things for you, by giving up their free time, by giving up their opportunity to be out in some of the gorgeous sunshine we've had this week, to be here in the summit working on getting this place ready. And I tell you what, it's looking good. It's now not cables and tables and computers everywhere. As we've said before, one, our main computer was really struggling to keep running uh, the, the, the stream. And our words computer was, was needed replacing. And, you know, by the grace of God, by wonderful provision, by ingenious solutions, and by Cat6 cables, it is all removed from here. And this camera is from some of the white pillars, if you know this place, hanging in fact, it's quite bizarre. I feel like I'm talking to some sort of hovering one-eyed angel or something at the moment. It's right there in front of me. But um, thank you, guys, for your love. All right, that's what it is. It's love. It's love in action. And this is what love truly is. 
God's love said, I can't just tell the people I love them. I can't just tell them they're a bunch of sinners. Get, them, get yourself sorted out. My love says, I'm getting on out there. I'm getting on down there. I'm walking on that planet. And even though they're going to crucify me for it, I'm going. All right? The Father sent the Son. And the Father, the Son, send the Holy Spirit now to be with us, to enable us. We're not even now left on our own because the Holy Spirit comes and enables us. What powerful, what amazing love. This is true love. Of course, it's bound up with feelings. This is not some kind of mechanical, distant love. Sometimes you, you can almost hear it preached that, oh, well, the Greek word for love is, 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 is completely action it's not completely action. It also involves emotion. It also involves care. God loves you with powerful feelings. How do we know God has feelings and emotions? Because we're created in his image. And emotions are not bad and of the devil or wrong things. We don't want to be completely guided by our emotions, but neither do we want to be completely guided by logic. In fact, we want to be hearing the Spirit and following the Holy Spirit in the things. Informed by logic, informed by feelings, but listening and following the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Amen. So, I haven't even got to the introduction. <laughs> and I've got to be quick. Right, the next verse, this is John carrying on. Dear friends, I repeat, he's repeating what he's written earlier that we haven't actually read. I repeat, if this is the extent of God's love for us, including the bit we've just read, then surely we ought to love one another. Okay? We, surely we ought to love one another. If this, if this is what God does for us, then you see that's what enables us to love others. It's not that we love others first. It's because God loved us first that we can love. It's like an equipping. It's a, love is a foundation. It's a, it's a solid footstool to, to, to stand on. It's why John could say the disciple whom Jesus loved. It's why John could say some really difficult and stuff, tough stuff to people sometimes, because I think they knew he loved them too. He was a disciple that knew love and he knew how to show love. And here he's just saying to this group of Christians that he's writing to, and to all of us for all time, um, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God as he is. He, he's, he's thinking of what God, who God actually is in the heavenly places. Of course, we've seen God in Jesus Christ and Old Testament uh, prophets and leaders and people uh, had experiences of God. But no human person has ever experienced and seen the fullness of God in heavenly places because he's God. Uh, and no one has ever fully seen God in that way. Yet, says John, yet, if we truly put our love for one another into action, there it is, his love is revealed and fulfilled in us, and the world can see that love. So what John is saying beautifully here is Jesus came and showed us the way of love, which was to serve others. It's what he talked about when he washed the disciples' feet, wasn't it? It's what he talked about at that Last Supper. Whenever we have communion, whenever we have the bread and the wine, whether it's at home in our households, and that's a powerful way to share communion, and even when we do it online, and praise God, I'm looking forward to when we're face-to-face -face again. We are reenacting that story. It's like we're entering into the story of Jesus' love 
of God's love for us. When we pick up that bread, it's not just some lump of bread. This now represents, it is to us, the body of Christ because we're remembering that body that was broken that we might be whole. All right? It's a powerful, it's like we're entering in with all the others that we're sharing communion with. It's like we're sitting down at the table with Jesus. Uh, when Leonardo da Vinci painted his Last Supper, he wanted you to feel that you could sit at the table as you looked at this painting and saw everything that's going on, his famous Last Supper painting. But actually, there's a greater thing than the Last Supper painting. And it's every single communion that we have, that when we pick up that bread, we are sitting at the table with Jesus Christ. It's like we can smell the dust of Jerusalem again. It's like we can feel the slight dampness as the dew starts to form out in the evening. We can smell the beautiful food that they've been eating in our imagination. And we can, maybe there's just a waft of the red wine that is to come that, that reaches our nostrils. As together we enter a story. It's a story of love because it's a story of togetherness. And then we drink of the wine. And it's not just, oh, let's have some wine or let's have a bit of juice. There's something powerful as we reenact that whole story. And yet it's not even that we're reenacting that one last supper. When we have the bread and the wine, we are reenacting from creation to the end of time because there it is right at the center of everything. All of the meaning of God and Christ and love and salvation and reconciliation and judgment and hell and heaven and everything is encapsulated when we have bread and we have wine and you have it together. It's an amazingly powerful story that we leap into. And we should let our imaginations run riot. And we see the love because it was Jesus or God himself taking action. And the amazing thing is that John says at the end of this then, that if we do this, if we put love into action... And here he's just actually just talks love for one another. Love for one another into action. His love is revealed and fulfilled in us, and the world can see that love. Coming out of this, we're going to need every scrap of Holy Spirit determination and integrity, you know? Love, it says, covers a multitude of sins. We'll need that because we've been through and we are not at the end of it, a time where there is fear and anxiety and stress. And in those times, our emotions are stirred. We've probably got, we've probably got things that we're struggling to forgive or things we didn't like or we didn't like. This, this is going to be a time of letting love cover a multitude of sins and saying, come on. Come on, guys, we can do this. This, this, is, this love between us, which is forgiveness and putting aside these things, this love between us is powerful and will show the world what reconciliation with God truly is. And It's not one-sided. You, you can't just say to one person, you've got to do that and then, and then expect everything to be okay. It, there's always more than one person involved in forgiveness. With, with the forgiveness that God has given to us, God took action and we respond. It's still two-way. And it will be the same with us. Two-way and multiple ways sometimes within groups. But it will come from this 
This is an opportunity. This is a moment in the Chinese character of, for crisis of danger and opportunity. What's the danger? What's the risk? Well, we all fall flat on our faces. That we don't pick it back up again. We just try and do something like we did last time. Or we can say, okay, what's this all about? What are we doing? Where are we going? The four cues that I'm coming to later, for example, those questions are things we are asking. Okay? So let's bring this back into the context of what God is saying now, but bearing in mind that this love is love, it's feelings, it's emotions, it's care, and it's love that does something. Not love that says, why, why isn't anybody showing love to me? It's love that says, what am I doing to show love? Even if we feel we haven't received it properly, we have from God and that is our source. But as we love one another, and then of course that gets turned into action to love the world, the world will see that Jesus Christ is the Savior. It's an amazing time to be alive. Now this same, talk, uh, same speaker that talked about the Chinese character, he also uh, talked about chess. And I'd never heard this, but it still seemed a great illustration, so I'm going to use it. Um, and he was talking about learning to play chess well, okay? And he was saying that one of the things that you can do, particularly if you're playing against people who are perhaps, uh, you, maybe you're already of a greater ability, I guess, but, um, but what you can do is uh, amateur chess players uh, and, and beginner chess players certainly tend to overly rely on the queen, Right, the queen, she reigns all-powerful over the chessboard. She can zoom in every direction and, and kick them off the board, can't she? Uh, she's so powerful. If you lose your queen in your game, you're like, uh-oh, now I'm in trouble. I've got to make do with those rooks and those bishops. What am I going to do now? I haven't got that one piece that can move in all directions. Uh, and he, he was saying that one of the things you can do to get better is intentionally start the game without the queen. Because you have to think about all the other pieces. You've got to rely much more actively on those pawns. You've got to know, uh, you've got to really make sure those rooks are, are, are guarding the horizontals and the, and the verticals. You've really got to make sure that knight is getting out there and it's funny little hopping movement all over the board and taking control of the territory. Okay? But you haven't got your queen. So suddenly you're thinking about all these other pieces that you've got that are powerful pieces. They can still take the opponent's queen, if you get it right, you see. And, but you, you haven't got it. And his analogy was that one thing that church, by and large, has done pretty well, one of the great strong pieces we've got on our board when we're doing church, in other words, the queen, is Sunday gathering. He was saying, we're pretty good at Sunday gatherings. They've been a massive, if it was golf, it's been like your favorite club in the bag. Okay, that you take out more than you probably should. And he was saying the church has got into a position or had got into a position of where Sunday gathering was the queen. And one of the great things that's happened in this crisis, danger and opportunity, is the queen was removed from the board. And we had to get creative. We had to start thinking about all the other pieces. 
I was thinking it's a little bit like when in the first century, when the church got scattered from Jerusalem. They didn't want to be scattered. They didn't want to go. It was persecution that caused it. They, were, they liked being in Jerusalem. It must have been awesome, wouldn't it, to say that's where Jesus was crucified and point to it. That's the tomb he was laid in. Think about it. How cool is that? But they got scattered. That wasn't their plan. It was God's plan, or at least God certainly used it, to, and the church grew because their strength, their queen was, we're in the place where, where Jesus was crucified. We're in the place of the Jewish temple. We're in the place you know, that's of, of Mount Zion. We are in the place. And suddenly that queen was removed. And you'd think the play would all fall to pieces, but they changed the way they worked and they grew more local congregations. And the church grew massively. And if you think about lockdown, the church never closed. All right, this summit building was shut for a long time on a Sunday morning. Praise God it's open like this now and praise God it'll be open more very soon and we're making sure we can. But... The church didn't close because the front doors of the summit were shut. In fact, the church opened in thousands, not for just this place, but for the church in general. The church opened in thousands of other different places around the world. Even within Kingdom Faith, if you look at the number of views that say happen on a, on a Sunday morning, let's say an average view is, I don't know, it tends to be 150, 200, something like that, views. Some of those are repeat views, but most of them are not because it doesn't click up if you keep viewing from the same place. So, and when you're probably not on your own, most of you viewing this right now. So that's a lot of people, but also church is happening wherever you are right now. That's hundreds of places that suddenly is open. Do you see what I mean? And so we've got to be thinking as we come as we, as we are allowed, if you like, to put the queen back on the board, which is our Sunday gathering, it's still a powerful piece. We don't want to close all the other hundreds of churches that have been open. We don't want to shut down all the opportunities of all those other groups meeting, do we? You know, we don't want to shut down the individuals that have been talking in their own households about the gospel, about the peace. It's great. The Queen is coming back. We're having Sunday mornings again. We've got this, 21, coming up real soon. For example, this is going to be a step on the journey to being fully open for services. A couple of weeks ago, we couldn't do it properly. Probably couldn't do it at all. Now, we can. Thanks to God's provision, Chris's generosity from Beckview Studios of lending us equipment, finding money, Money suddenly being designatedly given. It's awesome how God has brought some of these things together and it will enable us to do particularly online and here in the place. So this, 21, remember, Paul and Sue Manwaring are coming physically. They're traveling up from Windsor. They're going to be staying here in Scarborough so they can be with us that weekend. Now at the moment, the, Saturday, the Friday night and the Saturday night, you will be able to book to be here. Okay? in this room. There'll still be restrictions in place, quite what they are. We don't exactly know because we're reaching another change point, but there will be restrictions, but we will actually be able to be here. And we'll do things like open the cafe before the meetings because by then the hub will be open again. 
And we can sit around tables, probably following the rule of six, and actually sit in this place and talk with one another and pray with one another, read the Bible together, be church, using all the pieces, not just playing the queen. So that's the 21st to the 23rd of May is when this is going to be on again. Okay? And uh, it's going to, if you can't get here, great, it's online. It's all going to be free, not free to put on, but free to be at. And you are very, very warmly invited to be part of that. If you're not part of this local congregation, be patient. There might be some ways if you've not got, you know, if, you're, if we're all able to travel and do things that we, you can be engaged. But at the moment, we're just looking at Friday night and Saturday night, actually here with people in the building. We're looking at Sunday morning. We've got a few more bridges to cross to get to that in terms of who we've got helping, who can be part of this, how it can happen, of course. Uh, but keep, so keep your, keep your eye on that one. But it will start Friday evening. During the day on Saturday, the building will be open because the hub will be open. You know, church happens here when we'll have like the sofa booths like we had before and the different tables around the room. Church happens when groups of people sit at the table with a cup of coffee and a bun and talk to one another. You can get even spiritual and pray for one another and talk about scripture and talk about what God is doing and share stories and share testimonies. That's church. It's a really important piece on the chessboard. And this is what God has done in this time. I pray by the grace of God, we don't go, right, we've got the queen back. We'll just use the queen again now. We need to be using all the pieces. All right. When I, and when I say we, I mean we, all of us. It can't, it's not me using all the pieces or the leadership using all the pieces. It's us being the pieces and using them. It's where the analogy breaks down because you only have one person playing chess, whereas the chess that we're playing, if it's, if it's church, is that we are the pieces. Okay? Uh, and even then it doesn't work because we're talking about the queen being the piece that is Sunday morning. So anyway, you got the picture, I hope. I like it. It's a useful picture. But we've improved our whole game by actually not using the queen. And we don't want to lose that. It's, it's thinking about things like, what's, what, what, what is it that the gathering is for? Because there's other things that we do like just meeting friends for a cup of coffee, going for a walk along the beach, meeting, joining the drama society, joy, go, going and playing golf with some friends, uh, meeting others in the town, getting involved. Dave Shackleton, Dave, that's just moved uh, down to Leicester with his wife Sue. Dave was involved on the parish council in Staxton. It's, that's church. You know, that's church. And, and, and it's recognizing all these pieces on the board. But then in that context, okay, what about Sundays? What is it about? And you think, well, what happens on a Sunday then? Why do we have Sundays? So obviously one of the things that's really key to a Sunday morning is the preaching of the word. You'd expect me to say that, wouldn't you? But, but it is, you know, it really is. Thanks, Alex. I said I loved you and now he says it's true. So there you go. So the word, preaching of the word is vitally important. It's an important part in the Queen piece. But to some extent, we're still doing that. We haven't stopped preaching the word. In fact, at different times, we've probably preached the word more than we used to. And it's become even more interactive. I mean, it gets quite hard to um, keep track of what's happening in the live chat. But these guys here are watching some of the live chat and you're watching it with one another. Brian and Sean are our online pastors. And if you put questions about what I'm saying, they'll do their best to try and work out what I'm saying and give you an answer. <laughs> 
I do glance down at it now and then just to see, but the print is so tiny. <laughs> Someone's saying, what is my queen? That's an interesting thought. I hadn't thought of it like that. Is there something that I just overuse in my own personal walk with God? Do I need to learn to use all the pieces just in my life? Yeah, it's another way to take the analogy. It's a good way to think about it. Though don't get too into thinking that way because I think one of the things of this emerging is the whole connection, family, being together. But anyway, the word. So we, we've kind of preached the word. We've had some connection. And sure, I am looking forward to being all together again. I mean, as a, as a, as a preacher, I so miss being able to look into people's faces and know what they're thinking. I mean, we've got a very limited bunch of people sitting here in the room right now, and I still can't tell what they're thinking half the time because they're wearing masks, of course. See, Joss's shoulders are shaking, so he obviously finds that amusing or disappointing. I don't really know, but the, the jiggle was quite fast, so it's probably amusing. Yeah. <laughs> he's nodding. <laughs> That's because he's nice. Um, so the word, yes, absolutely. What else happens Sunday mornings? Worship. Oh, such an important time, isn't it? But again, to some extent, I'm not saying it's the same and we miss the being together to worship. That's an important part of it, isn't it? But we have been able to worship. We've been worshiping this morning. I mean, we, us here, we know we're privileged. We are able to be in the same room together. I mean, we're not able to sing, those of us that aren't on the stage, uh, like you are at home and shout and scream and do everything. Is that right? For me, it's very odd. If I'm over there, I've got to wear a mask and I can't sing. If I come here, suddenly I'm, I'm like Superman. I can take a mask off and sing. I don't know why I'm like Superman. But anyway, I'm not going to wear my underpants on the outside of my trousers. Don't worry. The, the worship has continued to some extent. But for me, there is one glaring thing that we were stopped in using this queen piece. And I think it's one of those things we've undervalued of a Sunday gathering. It's meeting one another. It's the little bits of chit-chat. It's the talking. I mean, sometimes I, I've said myself, and I'm thinking, I think you're wrong, Paul. I think you're wrong to have said that. I've said, you know, to get real meaningful fellowship... You can't do that on a Sunday morning. You've got to do that in, in your house church groups. You've got to do that at other times. And there's still an element of that that's true. But what I've realized is actually Sunday mornings is really important in this. Those quick conversations, that catching up with people. Sometimes it's not long, is it? Sometimes it could be, you know. But that actual connection, gathering, being a people, being a family. I used to think of it as, well, Sunday morning, I suppose, is a bit superficial. It's not. It's actually really, really important. And I thought, you know, I think in my head, I've almost felt like I've sinned the number of times I've said church is finished and then we have the coffee afterwards. Do you know what I mean? You know, we say, oh, we finished now. And then people, and this is, you know, it's a lovely church. Loads of people have stayed and had coffee and that's why we had the hub in the first place and that's when a lot of this is taking place. But very often we've said we've finished. And really we're just beginning or at least we're just continuing, that's actually a really, 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 really important time. It's when people can talk about things that are going on in their lives, relate them to the Word, even pray for one another and minister to one another. And I know that as we come back into this place, we've got to think, right, we need to make sure this is an important priority, not just think we've got to get the Word and worship in, but this is as vital as that. 
And I do mean that, as important as that. Because if the Trinity models the God's body for us as relationship, all right, then what are we doing leaving that out? Unless, well, we don't leave it out entirely, but it's not so intentional. So we, we're really thinking about, well, how's that intentional? You know, how do we bring that in and really, really value that part of us being together? And, you know, there's, there's different things being talked about, but, but, but it's going to happen. And it will be a bit of a journey because as we come back together, we will still be under some restrictions. I know this sort of time last year, we would often say we dream of when we all come back together and it'll be a big celebration and we'll all be shouting and, sh- and, and, and celebrating. You know, we will be all shouting and celebrating coming back together, but I think we're going to have a bit of time before that when we can't actually do that just now. You know, and we'll be restricted by things like the rule of six, which fights against what I'm talking about right now. So this is one of the things we're going to have to hold, you know, hold in our hands and say, yeah, that's going to be really, really important. I can't do that in fullness right now because, I, you know, safety, everything else. But boy, am I looking forward when we pick up this part of what is the queen after all and, 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 and do that again. You know, at the same time acknowledging there'll be others of you watching uh, that are probably quite anxious about coming back together again. That's just a natural thing. We're going to have to be very patient and loving with one another. There'll be people that won't come back to Sundays maybe for a little bit because they they, they feel really uneasy about it. That's okay. It's one of the reasons we're going to stay online, to enable that as much as we can. So, you know, don't feel like... It's very easy, isn't it, to... If you're particularly if you're excited to say, oh, I can't wait to be back there and we can do this. Some people are thinking, yeah, I know that's right. But I'm not sure. Oh, well, just be patient. Just love those, anybody that's in that group, you know? Or if we start talking about getting this going again, this going again, doing this, doing this, doing this, somebody will say, hang on, I do need some time when I'm not on up with other people. And that's right too, okay? So don't, if you're one of the ones that's like feeds off other relationships completely and utterly and is so excited of the thought of it again, bear in mind that there'll be those that are not so keen. You know, but I, I'm an introvert and I've enjoyed meeting people again, so. We'll use me as an example. Ah, praise God. Yes, remember everything to do with the Trinity. You know that, old, that Greek word, perichoresis, the divine dance, the interpenetration of, interpenetration of relationships. Jesus uh, and, and the thing, the, talking about love, the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your heart, and love one another as yourselves. It's, this is, this is going to be a thing of everybody involved. Now, love and four cues, plus a whole bit here that I haven't mentioned. Do you know what I've done? I've done the introduction. (laughs) I've only just got to the end of my introduction. So I'm going to stop here. And we'll pick up, I'll speak again next week, and uh, we'll pick up on where we are going. Because I want to pick up on, and I'm just going to mention it briefly so you know what's coming. We'll look at it, I hope, in what is a slightly different way, but also very exciting 
danger, opportunity. And uh, it, was, it was thinking at home, obviously, as I do, as I'm praying into, you know, Lord, what, what do you want to do through uh, this event this year? It's going to be different again. And we hope during the day on the Saturday when the hub is open, for example, to, if we can solve the techie issues, to be doing some online seminars from the conference room upstairs. They won't be ones that you can come to because of the smaller room, but there'll be like online things that you can access and resource, either live directly or afterwards. Um, but you know, it's not just thinking about those things. It's, for me, my, one of my key roles in it always is, it is, is hearing from God, what is your heart for this? What are, you, what are you saying to us? And God took me back to the first two years. The very first year... And this is how the conference got called this. We couldn't think what to call it. I'm honest here. I've never been very good with names. J247, anybody? No, I love that name. Um, Go Generation, that was, that was one of the best and I didn't think of it. Um, but it's, uh, what am I trying to say about, the, about this? Um, it was called It's All Been Built. So we had as a sort of a, uh, I think Dan just typed it in on something in the lead up to it. It's all been building up to this because it was the sense of building up to doing something. In those days, we weren't meeting in our own building, although that happened almost at the same time in the end. But, and so it was a real step forward in faith for everybody involved at that time to put on a conference. And it was big. We were down at the spa center and around 600 plus people came and we had... James Maloney and Paul Manwaring uh, speaking at it. It was, an, it was a big event. And uh, part of it, looking back, what did God do? It was God saying, I'm stretching you now. I'm training you. It was part of our training for being here, actually. Um, and then the second year, we used that verse from the book of Esther. Uh, there's a whole passage of the story of Esther in Esther chapter 4, verses 13 to uh, 17. And uh, it's in that passage where Mordecai says to Esther, maybe you're called for such a time, or maybe you're here for such a time as this. And then that has really become the underscoring verse of every single this conference. And God came back to me this morning, particularly, very, very strongly. I've got sort of notes of things he was saying to me here and said, this is for such a time as this. And just reminding that we, this, this bunch of us, in the context of love, in the context of the four cues which I haven't mentioned yet, and in the context of this story, what's happening next, know this, Kingdom Faith Yorkshire, we are called, we are chosen, we are purposed for such a time as this. You're not here by coincidence. All you... Guys that have moved to Scarborough during lockdown, we're so looking forward to getting to know you properly and seeing, seeing your faces here on a Sunday morning. It's going to be so weird. We're going to be, you know, so different. And friends that have moved to other places like David and Sue have just done this week. You know, it's going to be, oh, oh. It's, you know, the funny thing about David and Sue is they've gone to Leicester and they were said to me, oh, we're going to um, Holy Trinity Church. And you think, well, what's funny about that? Well, the funny thing about that is that's the church where Brian and Cass Blacklock used to be involved with in Leicester. <laughs> Twopsies! <laughs> Felt like I was playing a trading card game. So, we are called for such a time as this. Let's follow that up more. Bearing in mind it's in the context of love, 
keep thinking about that queen piece and the fact that we need to use all the pieces. And one way is we're really going to think actively and value the gathering and the chatting together. How important is it to enable people to talk to one another, talk scripture together? We can't all preach, or can we? We can't all pray, or can we? I think we can for such a time as this. All right, God bless you, everybody. That's, that. That, that's, that's your introduction. Let's pray for a minute, shall we? Father, we thank you for the reminder that we're called for such a time as this. But also, Father, that reminder that love is at the core of everything we are and everything we do. And while sometimes we know we, we, we just fail in that, Father, we know we're also going to succeed in that because you give us your spirit to enable that. And Father, we pray that as we begin to be able to gather again, whether it's Sundays or smaller groups, as we're doing right now, Father, we pray that actually love will be excited within us and for one another. Father, we pray we could put aside things that have held us back, that we could move forward into your glory, that we could look forward together, building on the good of the past, building on the strengths of the past, and looking forward to the good of the future of what you do in us. And Father, I pray you put that seed in our hearts to really value gathering and being together and give us wisdom and revelation of what that means practically as well. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.